Welcome back, friends, to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. I am your host, Joe D'Amico. Today, I'm joined by the doctors of physical therapy, Tom Christ and Sam Webb, as well as Vin Bento a little bit later on our show. Tom, what's going on, my brother? How was your week? Uh, it's been it's been a, been a long one, but it's been good. Ready to talk some football. Grinding away, baby. Long weeks for all of us. Sam, a nice win for the Pats. They blew out the Browns, 38-15. You seem to be in a good mood. What's up with you, brother? Yeah, that's right. Uh, not a whole lot. What's up, Joe? How's it going? It's going. Uh, one day when we get on YouTube, you will be able to see our our decently handsome faces, and you'll be able to see right now that I'm wearing a Jets hat. Uh, unfortunately, I'm obviously a huge Giants fan, but a bet's a bet. And friend of the show, Vin Vento, beat me in fantasy last week, so I'll wear this until uh, my head starts to hurt and itch. But uh, Vin, hopefully I'll get you back soon, make you wear some Giants gear. But Giants looking good, baby. We are five and one. I am fired up. The Eagles six and zero. Oh, Tom, I know, but I don't understand how the Giants keep winning. Like they don't have. A, they're very well coached. Their their coach is doing a crazy good job because that that roster is not good. I agree. I watched them on offense, and I'm confused because it's the Barkley show. They have no receivers. But listen, we talked about the head coach, baby. That's it. Five and one. Listen, Vegas doesn't trust them either. They play the Jags. What are the Jags? Two and four. Giants are like plus three this week. Vegas doesn't trust them either. But listen, let's keep riding. Giants have a kind of easy schedule coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if you see like an eight and two or it's a shocking no, season. Keep we dreaming. Love keep yeah, dreaming. that shoe's going to drop ja at some Jags point. are coming for you. Yeah, the Jags. Okay, sure. Well, we'll see how that goes, boys. So, all right. So uh, for you guys at home, thanks again for joining us, of course. And as always, guys, we're here to help you guys out. You know, we have a great time recording. We're here to help you guys dominate your fantasy leagues, trying to stay ahead of the curve. Listen, sure. Drafting a great team. Awesome. You know, that's just one step kind of in the formula. But what about after? You know, you want to separate yourself and you want to be elite and stand out throughout injuries and through trades and through bye weeks and all that stuff. That's what we're here for, guys. We're here to help you guys manage and grind, get on waivers, hit with some trades, do whatever it takes to win, right? It's 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 never over unless you're, I guess, 0-6. Shout out to Chris Bruno in our league. Love you, brother. But 0-6, tough to come back from. But everyone else, not out of it. You know, you still have a shot. So let's do it, boys. Let's chat some football. So we got injuries. We got mailbag. Start, sit. And then, of course, we have our trivia at the end with really good chance for you guys at home to win a free signed Austin Eckler jersey. So... Let's do it, boys. Let's talk injuries. So like always, Tom will take the NFC. Sam will take the AFC. We'll dive in. We'll talk some injuries. We'll talk fantasy implications, starting with DeAndre Swift, Tom, in the NFC. Um, shoulder injury. Again, we talked last week. Perfect attendance on the show. But is this the week that he returns? Hasn't played since week three. Yeah, it, it's looking like he'll come back. Um, it's shoulder and ankle. And to me, the shoulder is less of a concern. The shoulder could obviously be a reason for a player to miss games, but when they're actually playing, we're not expecting the shoulder to take away from their fantasy output too much. The ankle, however, could because it's going to affect their ability to run fast and cut, which a running back, particularly like DeAndre Swift, needs to be able to do. And that's why we see a decline of 2.4 fantasy points in the first game back from an ankle sprain with only 29% of running backs meeting or achieving meeting or exceeding their pre-injury average when they return from an ankle sprain. And we know that Swift has already had this injury twice this season alone. Um, but that being said, like we've said, every time he's come on this podcast, which is, as you mentioned, he has perfect attendance. Quite frequently. He's, he, he's too good to sit if he plays. Like he's one of the elite running backs in this league. 
and he can do a lot with with only eight or ten touches if that's all he gets. So if he's out there, which it looks like he will be, you're going to start him. Rejoice, Lions off a bye. I mean, they do play a stingy Dallas defense who is surprisingly good against the run. I think they're top five or top six or so. But listen, man, Swift, the owners, you guys have been waiting. Um, you got to deploy him. You got to play him. Like Tom said, man, he gets eight carries, 10 carries, whatever it might be. I think he's still averaging. His first game, I think he averaged 10 yards a carry. Now it might be seven or eight still. It's absurd. You got to play him if you have him, especially now this week as well, guys. A lot of buys. Um, I think four teams on a buy. I know the Bills. It's like Eagles, every good Rams, players on a buy. It's insane. Dude, I was looking at the over-unders. A lot of just gross games coming up. If you guys at home, if you if you have a family or if you have a family, what a ridiculous statement. If you've got uh, <laughs> other plans that you can possibly make or you want to make your wife happy, this might be the Sunday to do it. All right, I'll take this Sunday off from football. I think we're going to see some ugly games, but hopefully uh, with Swift back, he'll uh, he'll kind of. It's a good point. It's, light it's things a good, up. It's a good us. week to. I oh, mean, we should we should all take a vacation this week. What are we doing? You got to pick and choose idea. your battles, man. I'm going to see my grandparents this weekend, but. Uh, <laughs> You got you got to pick and choose your battles out here. This might be the week to do that, but I don't did know, you, Tom. Uh, did you see that there's like a, like a hundred less touchdowns or something like that this year? Oh compared my to last god, year? I know that is That's a insane. wild stat. It just I don't even understand. Like, is the passing game we're seeing like defensive pass interferences and and calls against quarterbacks, roughing the quarterback, and still no offense. So I don't know what's going on, man. But still early in the season. Hopefully maybe, things shake up. Maybe it's all these injuries. It could be all the injuries. How about uh, That's what we're here for. To your boy, Sam? How about Damian Harris? A, a guy, listen, I have in a bunch of leagues, but sorry to say he hurt his hamstring out for a week. Here comes Ramondre, baby. Listen, Vin nailed it. I think we all kind of nailed it. But what are we looking at for Damian Harris? Look like he's coming back this week. What's his deal over there in New England? Yeah, so I, I don't think he will come back this week. Um, originally, they had said that they were kind of anticipating him to miss several weeks um but he like we talked about last week he was limited last week i think he was limited in practice again today our data shows that running backs miss an average of 2.2 games so he's right around that time frame it'd be a little early for him to come back now so i don't expect him to play this week that being said next week is definitely not out of the question um our data again has a, a range of missing from zero to six games so he shouldn't be out too long. Um, luckily for anyone with like yourself with uh, Harris on their team. But then again, when he does come back, Ramondre has been doing so well that who knows what the Patriots will do. They've always liked to use more than one back. So I anticipate they'll try to incorporate him some, but I guess we will have to stay tuned to find out. Right. I mean, I, I usually feel good about Harris on the goal line. I think he had, what, like 15 touchdowns last year. The guy went off. But when you look at Ramondre's line, he got it done on the goal line. I mean, your Pat scored, what, 38 points for Ramondre, 19 for 76, two touchdowns, four catches for 15 yards. Like, I don't know, man. He what does about, it all. He's what really, about, really he good. He does. He could catch. He could block. He's huge. He's fast. Like, what about eye test? Because, I mean, I didn't really get to watch most of the game. Sam, I'm, I'm sure you watch more than I did, but... He looks good, right? Like, what, what's his style of running? Just downhill, big, strong? Yeah, I actually I wasn't able to watch that much of this week because I was in the dry needling course, Tom. You know about that. But, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. So I didn't watch that's too much this stuff. week, but every time I do watch him, he, he looks good. A man among boys, yeah, for sure. And, and 
with all due respect, Sam, I think no one else on the Pats is valuable at this point. But <laughs> listen, if you got Harris, I mean, obviously look to play him when he comes back. We'll see how that goes. But Ramondre, he's just a he's a plug and play. So how about a guy that used to be a plug and play? James Conner, him and Eno Benjamin both dealing with some different things. It looked like Benjamin actually practiced fully today with a foot injury. And then we had Connor with the rib injury. He was a DNP today. So what do we got in Arizona, Tom? First off, for anyone who who doesn't know what dry needling is, it's where you get you uh, take a, a needle to to basically get muscles to relax, and the course for it is just multiple days and multiple hours of you just needling each other. So it is a uh, who Sam, I feel for you. I'm sure you had a lot of a needles lot of pricks. stuck in you. A lot, a lot of, of pricks. Yeah. Wait, I'm I'm sorry. You're just sticking needles in each other for an entire. <laughs> Well, it's it's more. (laughs) There's more to it than it's more like. I mean, mean, stupidly, I'm assuming there's nothing in them. They're just blank needles. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You're just shooting each other all the drugs in the (laughs) for a couple days. (laughs) Exactly. No, it's it's the same needle and acupuncture and acupuncturist would use, but our intention is completely different. It's to get muscle knots, if you will, or trigger points Uh is the science word for a knot to get them to release. It can be incredibly effective for the right person. But anyway, back to uh, to the Arizona boys. So Connor, uh, rib injury, not looking great. He hasn't practiced this week. He didn't play last week. They play tomorrow, Thursdays, or when people will be hearing this, they'll be playing tonight because this will run Thursday. Um, if he plays... Uh, I don't know if you can trust him. I mean, he's been terrible this season from a fantasy standpoint. And Eno Benjamin's been pretty good. So I would think that even if Connor plays, he's on a limited snap count. We've talked so much about how the ribs are going to affect a running back. All those muscles, like the pecs and the lats that are are important for holding the ball, but also for running, attach on the ribs. So the more that those muscles are working, it pulls on the ribs and it hurts. And getting hit sucks when you have a rib injury. So I don't like Connor this week if he suits up. I don't even know if he will suit up. Eno Benjamin, however, um, he's not even on the injury report anymore. and He's been looking pretty good. And the other running back there, Daryl Williams, has been ruled out with a knee injury. So I love Eno Benjamin this week. I know he didn't really put together the greatest stat line last week with the same role that he'll have this week. But um, why... You said I test. I mean, I haven't watched a whole lot of Eno Benjamin, but what I have watched, I've liked. I think he just needs more opportunity, and then he'll do something with it. I agree. He is explosive. He catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. I mean, last week, 15 for 37, not good. But listen, I think we, we've talked about this a lot. Talent is one thing, and opportunity is another thing. And we think that he has both. He just didn't look great. But getting 15 carries, I think he's, he's definitely a reliable start. Again, especially with so many guys on by. And then Ertz seems to still be a reliable option for them. We'll talk a little more about their offense as we progress through the show here. So let's shoot over to you, Sam. So Jonathan Taylor with an ankle. He was limited today, hoping to see him back. And then Deion Jackson, who had a pretty good week last week. Deion Jackson, 12 for 42 on the ground, mediocre, 10 catches for 79 yards. But he's dealing with a quad injury. But today, he was a full participant. So what do we make of this backfield, Sam? Yeah, uh, so you already mentioned Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson. We can't forget about 
Naheem Hines, too, who's coming back from a concussion. Uh, he was also a full participant in practice, so I would expect Hines to be fully ready to go. Uh, Deion Jackson, like you said, quad injury. Usually players with quad injuries actually miss a few games, um, but doesn't sound like he will because he was a full uh, full participant in practice today. But typically uh, after a quad injury, they miss about 1.9 games. So luckily he's not going to miss any time. Maybe it was just like a bruise or something minor, something like that. As for Jonathan Taylor, the big question, limited in practice today, like you mentioned, there were some reports at first that he actually practiced in full, but then they changed it to limited. So this is a little interesting in that uh, maybe he wasn't quite as ready to go as they originally thought. I'm thinking he will play. Then again, I thought he would play last week. So got to take that with a grain of salt. Our data, like we said before, two Players miss 2.2 games typically after a high ankle sprain. So he's right around that time frame, two, three. He could probably play if, even if he's not 100%. So it'll be kind of interesting to see, do they want him to be at 100%? Do they want him to just kind of push through the pain if he still has some and get out there? Um, that being said, if he does play, I would play him. And I, I think he'll be a home run. I think you have to. A lousy 45 points so far for JT this year. Already through six weeks of the season. Tom, let me pivot over to you real quick. If right now, once again, we are drafting tonight based off what we know for the rest of the year, when is Jonathan Taylor going? 12-man league, we'll say half-point PPR. Is he like a second-rounder? Is that crazy? Uh, yeah, you're crazy. No, he's still a first-rounder. But he's yeah. going He's going after like Barkley and McCaffrey and, and Henry and probably Cook for sure. I, I might be missing Cup, Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. Josh Allen, Kelsey. I'm telling yeah, you, honestly, he might be yeah. like a second-rounder. No, I think he's probably like 9, 10, 11, somewhere around there. I don't All know. Right. I'd, I'd have to write down the names. and I'm a visual learner. I can't do this in my head. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you some homework tonight. All right. We know you did do your homework, though, on Amon Ross St. Brown. So Lions off a of bye. They're one in four. Listen, they're looking abysmal right now, but looks like he's off the injury report. Am I seeing that right, Tom? Yeah, by the way, side note, since I moved back to Pennsylvania a few months ago, we're not allowed to dry needle here. It's stupid. <laughs> stupid. Stuck on that. Tom's still clearly traumatized by thinking about needles, but why don't you tell <laughs> us about Amon Ra? <laughs> yeah, he's he'll be... He should be at just about 100%. I mean, he played two weeks ago. He just only played 32% of snaps when he, when he was initially returning from this injury. And then they had the bye week. I'm not concerned for him whatsoever. We know that 61% of receivers are meeting or exceeding their pre-injury fantasy point production in the second and third games back from this injury. Plus, he's had an additional week of the bye, and this team needs their... What's the record? Like one and four? They they got to get it going. One and four on the road against the Cowboys as seven-point underdogs, too. Yeah. They're going to have they, to throw. They're, they're going to have throw to throw, 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 and they're going to have to get the ball out fast. Otherwise, Micah Parsons is going to eat, eat golf for, for lunch. So I, I expect a lot of quick balls to Amon Ra, get him in the screen game, the crossing game. He's going to see a lot of balls coming his way. High-end Amon Ra play. But since he made those comments, boys, haven't had much success for him. He's going to go off this week. I know he is, but karma, right? Shout out to my boy. Not my boy. Shout out to Josh Naylor for all you baseball fans. He can go home and uh, Tom, please tell me you saw that. Please tell me you saw Josh Naylor, Indians, rounding the bases, rocking the baby, taunting the Yankees. I did not. 
Tell me more. more. You got more homework to do. He was losing. I'll make it quick. It was he was losing. Indians were losing. His team was losing three one. He had a home run off the Yankees best pitcher and he rounded the bases staring at the pitcher, screaming at him that he is the pitcher's dad and that the pitcher is tiny and that he's his son and just pointing to the ground and rocking a baby. And Naylor got absolutely booed ridiculously last night in the Bronx, went 0 for 4. So karma, karma, karma. That's I'll bad it. sportsmanship. It's terrible sportsmanship. I love swag and confidence, but not to that's That's absurd. All right, back to our injuries. So, Sam, to you. We have a, looks like a decent issue here with the Ravens backfield. I mean, I don't even know what to make of that. So, before we talk injuries, just, just briefly here. Kenyon Drake, man, guy rose from the dead, had 10 for 119 last week in a touchdown. See this guy in a freaking retirement home soon with like Lat Murray and Robbie Gold and all the other 40. Well, not that he's 40, but really weird to see that. But I guess the result of Dobbins and Justice Hill. So Dobbins had a knee, knee injury, did not play Wednesday, did not practice today. And Justice Hill with a hamstring, although he was a full participant and my Giants beat them. So we got a lot of stories going here, but talk to us about the injuries, Sam. Yeah, so like you said, real interesting stuff here in the Ravens' backfield. So starting with Dobbins, probably the one people are most curious about. This is definitely concerning. So given that we learned how he had the the LCL injury, the hamstring tear, all those additional injuries to his ACL tear, this is not great news for someone that's trying to come back from such a significant injury. And this is why... They often kind of push these players to wait a while. Like Dobbins didn't play in the first two games. And then this is why, because there's a high risk for re-injury. Even if it's not an ACL tear, there's a very high risk of hurting something else. We saw it with Godwin earlier in the season. He hurt his hamstring. Now we're seeing it with Dobbins. So this is just something that's very common. And as our data kind of shows, you can't trust these players in the first six or so games back. So even though Dobbins had that one good game in the week two, Going forward, I don't think you can trust him as a start for at least another few weeks just based on his performance and this new injury. Um, so all that said, I don't think he will play this week. He wasn't uh, practicing today, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But even if he does play, I, I wouldn't be starting him. As for Justice Hill, so he got in a full practice today. I think he will play along with Kenyon Drake, it's going to be interesting to see if they come out and tell us who the starter is. If they do that, I think there's some value to be had. Uh, definitely could be an interesting matchup against the Browns who have been getting torn up on the ground. Um, and the good news is with our hamstring data, they really do pretty well on their returns. They only see an average decline of minus 0.7 points per game. So Justice Hill, if he's the starter and he's playing, which he was doing pretty well, before his injury, he could be a good sneaky start. Sometimes you got to make those uncomfortable decisions, but like <laughs> nobody ever wants to see Kenyon Drake in their RB two spot. But listen, again, <laughs> so many guys are on by, it might not be a terrible play. And to your point with JK Dobbins, I think it was a little bit of fool's gold there with him. I mean, he looked good for a game, but with all of these injuries kind of adding up, um, definitely a tough situation there for him. So something to monitor. So when I, I was I was watching that game that he he had a good fantasy production from, and he, he didn't look bad by any means. But the two touchdowns he scored, any NFL running back could have scored them. Like they were well. The, he caught one that was just like a, a beautiful goal line 
like get the running back open and, and you know like it's like what a like Andy Reid shovel pass kind of play um and he just walked in and the other one was like a three or four yard run that was just beautifully blocked so he like like one of one of you guys said the fool's gold that's exactly what it was like any NFL running back could have scored on those two plays and that just inflates his stat line especially with the two touchdowns for sure so all right, back to you, Tom. So Carson Wentz, unfortunate for the commanders. I mean, not having a great season themselves, but surgery on his right finger. It looks like he's going to be out for quite a while, right? What do we got there, Tom? We're looking at four to six weeks. He had surgery on Monday. It's his ring finger. So all five fingers are involved with gripping and throwing. They're absolutely all involved. But it, this is a little different than Dak this year and a little different than Russell Wilson last year. Dak's this year's his thumb, obviously, that's the most important um, <clears throat> digit for throwing. And then Wilson's was his middle finger, which just does a little bit more of the control of the gripping of the football. So he had surgery on Monday. He'll likely be in some type of immobilization splint, whether it's just a splint on the, the ring finger or if they kind of put the ring finger and the pinky finger or the ring finger and the middle finger together. And sometimes they'll even do like a little cast thing that covers the wrist and then the affected fingers, but leaves a couple fingers that aren't affected exposed so they can still use them. Um, I've been looking at his Instagram every few hours to see if he's posting anything. He has not yet. Uh, neither has Washington. So I don't know what type of immobilization he's in, but that's going to be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> part of the job it comes with the territory that's actually how i knew that dalvin cook did not have shoulder surgery over the season or over the off season because i was looking at his instagram i'm like oh like he played in the pro bowl in february (laughs) typically if they have that surgery they won't play in the pro bowl and then like end of february he posted a picture and he wasn't in a sling so i'm like okay this timeline if he had surgery after the pro bowl he would be in a sling so that's how i knew that dalvin cook did not have surgery for his his labrum Anyway, I just Google did Dalvin Cook have surgery? You know, Sam, they don't always reveal that information. We've learned that I, they like I, to hide their injuries. Nobody likes to tell you what the hell's actually going on out there. So we got investigator Tom to do that work for gotta us. Investigate, got to dig. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the type of immobilization he's in is going to be relevant because if it's just the fingers, then that's not going to affect his wrist too much. And it's not going to affect uh, muscle loss quite as much. But if they do that little cast thing where they cast the wrist and then the uh, it would be the fourth and probably the fifth digit, then his wrist isn't going to be able to move for a few weeks. And his the grip strength and his forearm muscles are going to atrophy rapidly. That factors into how quickly he can get back to playing. Because like we said, the middle, the ring finger, it's not quite as involved in the throwing motion. So... With this injury, I do think it's possible for him to get back closer to that four weeks time point. I really think it depends the, t- the way they immobilize him. If if his wrist is immobilized, he's going to have a hard time getting that grip strength back in time to come back in four weeks. Six weeks is still definitely reasonable. But if it's just a couple fingers, then we could really be looking at four weeks. Um, in the meantime, I actually, Joe, I know you don't like the Washington running backs and receivers too much, but McLaurin, I like Brian Robinson. That's about it. McLaurin and Heineke have a nice connection. So I think this could actually be the time to go and trade for Terry McLaurin. He's been dreadful this year, but him and Heineke have a nice rapport from the past two seasons. 
and we know how or we know McLaurin can play. Wentz just hasn't been getting it to him. Zig when they zag, Tom. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I don't like them. I just think we're going to see just fantasy implication wise. I think we're going to see a downtick just in their offense as a whole with Taylor Heineke, but that's a really good idea. People might, you know, the casual fan might think, all right, Wentz is done or for four weeks or six weeks, whatever it might be. McLaurin might not be as effective, but you just made that really, really good point there. And I made the point that I like Brian Robinson. The only reason that I do like him so much is because the commanders like him so much. I don't think he's, he's burning the world down or, or, or dominating the league in any way. But again, guys, opportunities, they freaking love this guy. Well, we also want to root for him just in general. We just love his story. I mean, easy candidate. If he wasn't a rookie, easy candidate for comeback player of the year. Apparently, they don't give it to rookies. But like last week, man, seven, he didn't do great, but three and a half, uh, three and a half yards per carry, 17 carries. They just look at Antonio Gibson and say, see you later. You're done. I mean, even if Gibson sometimes does look more explosive, you could argue it till you're blue in the face. It doesn't matter. The commanders love Brian Robinson, and you should too, not as an RB1 or RB2, but you throw the guy in your flex, a guy that gets 17 carries, he's probably going to take care of business for you. But overall, I mean, their offense before that, putrid. I mean, Carson Wentz this past week, dude, I mean, they got hurt, but 12 for 22 for 99 yards. So again, people might be wanting to sell. You might be able to get Terry McLaurin, probably a really good opportunity to do that. Uh, Dotson, the rookie, we'll see. Samuel, I think a down tick for, but again, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. So on to you, Sam. So Russell Wilson re-aggravated, right? Tom, I don't know if we were able to find this video or not. It was We were kind of looking for it to look at the mechanism and, and how it worked, but hamstring, right? And he was limited. What do you got for Russell Wilson, Sam? Yeah, so Russell Wilson, he's already been dealing with that lat injury uh, that we talked about last week, and now he has an additional hamstring injury. So he ended up getting an MRI on his hamstring, which I've talked about in the past. I usually don't love when they have to do that because it usually means they're thinking, oh, is this, is this a grade two injury? Is this a grade three? Is it something severe? The report I read said that there was nothing structurally wrong with his hamstring. So maybe it was a more minor injury and they were just being extra cautious since he, they're supposedly star QB who they paid a ton of money for. Um, so this could go... I mean, basically one of two ways. Either way, I don't think it makes a huge difference because I don't know who's looking to start Russell Wilson, and he hasn't been doing well anyway, so it's not going to have a huge implication on the rest of the team either, I don't think. I mean, he's supposed to be a scrambling quarterback who can run around and get away and extend the plays, but that hasn't really been happening anyway. So I don't really know how much this will affect his performance this week, um, even if he if he does play or if, if he doesn't, obviously, then you don't have to worry about it. Something's off with him, man. He looked okay in the last game at times, but it's like, I don't know what it is. If it's like his vision or something is wrong and it needs fixing. He didn't even, I don't know if you guys saw his press conference. He always finishes with this year, let's ride no matter what. Didn't even say it, just walked off. Probably because you can't ride any lower than what the Broncos are right now, two and four. They, inst- I mean, dude, I- I'm not going to get started and go crazy, but Nathaniel Hackett, like, Melvin Gordon can steal carries, right, and go, what, 60-40 when Javante's there. But Melvin Gordon doesn't take carries from 32 or 33-year-old Lat Murray. This offense makes no sense. Get Hackett out of there. See you later. Um, and I think Sutton had, didn't do anything. What do you have, like two catches or something this week? He was miserable, not, too. Not so. good. Not good at all. Uh, a little precedent or preceding to who one of us may talk about later for a start-sit portion. Um 
But Tom, we will we will roll over to you. Justin Fields re-aggravated his injury to his non-throwing shoulder. I mean, I don't know how relevant this news is just because the Bears are what the kids are calling a poverty team. And if you're playing anyone on <laughs> their offense, what is it's that? called they're called a poverty team. They're just it's just exactly what it sounds like. You don't even need an explanation for it. Um, if you're playing anybody on the on the Bears offense besides for Montgomery, you're probably a poverty fantasy owner too. But uh, maybe, maybe Khalil Herbert. But what do we got for Fields, man? I mean, non-throwing, and don't know if it's a serious. But but give us your expert analysis on that. I really just don't care. It's his non-throwing shoulder. It's not going to keep him out of the game. It's not going to affect his game. And I don't want to start him anyway. So I really, I'm sorry. I don't care about this one at all. It's no, but if you're in a two QB league and you're forced to start him, this shouldn't concern you. Otherwise irrelevant in, in all accounts. And I'm sure that he's a free agent in most leagues. Anyway, unfortunate too. I remember last year having a battle or just a, a debate with someone like Trey Lance. No, that they said, Justin Fields, and we were going back and forth. And unfortunately fields hasn't been good. It could be coaching, holding him back or his just ability and Trey Lance, obviously with the injury. So still some young talent in the league, hopefully coming up in the next few years. All right. How about Tua, Sam um, concussion? And I actually just read a report about him that he said he was when I think it was either the original hit or the second one. He said he totally like lost consciousness. He was finally coming out and like talking about it, but I did not see him on the injury report. So are we looking like two is coming back this week? Yeah, it's looking like he's finally back, which is great to hear. It was such a scary injury. It must've been the second one because that was just ugly. Um, it's great to hear that he's doing okay. I heard that he saw multiple concussion specialists who all told him that he's fine. He should be completely good to go. Um, there's no severe. I mean, obviously anytime you hurt your head, there's a slight increased risk, but nothing out of the ordinary in terms of the NFL with concussions. So he should be good to go, which is going to be great for the dolphins. I think they've gone zero and three without him. Um, so that's definitely going to be an improvement for them. And even for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I mean, they've been playing out of their minds, posting tons of yards last, at least last week. Um, I think Waddle is currently limited with a shoulder injury, but they're expecting him to play this week. As of now, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on this one as it's kind of a newer uh, injury that we haven't heard too much about yet, but I think he will play as well. Okay. That Dolphins team. Yeah. They haven't been winning, but they, they definitely proved me wrong. I mean, I was real wrong last week. I said to sit Waddle had a pretty big game, man. Six for 129. Fantasy-wise, not that you're ever going to think to sit him, but Tyreek Hill, man, he's worth a mention, continues to be an elite high-end wide receiver one, putting doubters in their graves, man. He's insane. 12 for 177 last week with the freaking combination of who? Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. Crazy, crazy. And Mostert, I mean, he seems to be the guy as a big favorite of a lot of fantasy analysts that we've discussed uh, or that we've talked to, loved Edmonds, and he's just been totally phased out, but... I think when Tua comes back, things should hopefully improve even more for that offense, and they should hopefully <laughs> string together a couple wins. How about we're about halfway through, a little more than halfway through with their injuries here. So, Tom, how about Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston? Looks like Dalton with a back practice fully. Winston back and ankle. Looks like he might be off the injury report, though. What do we got in New Orleans? Both are apparently ready to go and don't have any injury designations. New Orleans has said that they're not going to put Jameis in there until he's 100%. And he's probably pretty close. I mean, his fracture was six weeks ago or just about six weeks ago. 
We know the typical healing time for a bone is about four to six weeks, but of course that can restart if it gets re-aggravated, which may have happened, but he hasn't played in, it'll be four weeks. So even if that timeline did restart, it's still pretty close to being, being almost healed. Um, so if he's out there, if Jameis plays, I think he'll play like himself. He was clearly not playing well in weeks two and three because of what, what I believe is because his, his pain that he was dealing with. Um, but I think he'll be much better if he does play. And luckily for us, they play Thursday. So we'll know who's playing and you'll have the ability to either put Jameis in or take him out for somebody else. If Dalton plays, I, I don't, I haven't read any reports that there's really much concern for his back injury either. Of course, we've talked about with Jameis, how a back impacts throwing, um, harder to rotate and generate power power for a throw comes from the ground, comes from the legs, then transfers through the back into the shoulder, into the arm. So if he's playing, if Dalton's plays and he's playing with pain, it could impact his throw power and his accuracy. But my guess is if they put Dalton out there over Winston, then Dalton's feeling fine. Okay. And we'll talk in a minute about Michael Thomas and Olave. If these guys are playing and we'll, again, we'll discuss them. I wouldn't hesitate to play them. 44 is the over-under, projected to be a pretty close game, two-and-a-half-point spread, and it's on a Thursday. I think we might finally see a little bit of action on a Thursday night. At least I'm hoping for that. We better. It's just been miserable, some of these games. Actually, all the freaking primetime games. I mean, they might as well just put the Broncos on every single Sunday night at this point. I feel like we've seen them six times. I'm going to see them five more. I hope they don't uh, do that. Yeah, I've been, I've been getting some good naps in there in those games, so... How about Kenny Pickett? Um, still in the concussion protocol. Listen, good for the Steelers. Beating old man Brady 2018. I don't know what's going on with the Bucs, but what is the deal with Kenny Pickett? Are we looking to have him back? Is he is just concussion protocol? We don't know, Sam. Uh, yeah, so he Pickett was a uh, participated in full today in practice. Um, the reports all along have been promising and that Mike Tomlin seems to want to play him. If as long as he has cleared the protocol, he seems like he's on that track to clear. These things can be tricky because any day he may wake up with a headache and then they have to reset the protocol pretty much. So, or at least hold him back a day. So there's still chance he won't start, but I'm thinking based on everything so far, he will start uh, this week. Okay. Tom, I'm going to pivot to you one more time and ask you, Najee Harris from that team if we were redrafting now you cannot tell me he would still be a first rounder. no way no like way. fourth round honestly like third round fourth Probably round. third just because he does still have the complete command of that backfield although that's starting to they're nothing starting, with yeah, it starting to get Warren involved too I feel like yeah, every time I, I look know. at their game, dude, it's like 14 carries for like 30 yards it's just it's like putrid it's so it's, bad yeah it's ugly and even like I'm a huge George Pickens guy, and it seems like it's somebody different there every week too. Obviously, they got their stalwart in, in Deontay, but Claypool had a really nice game this past week. And yeah, I played against him. That was that was crap. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lucky play for that person because I don't think he's done much this year. But I don't know if you guys saw. I'm going to make you guys do this uh, uh, next uh, next show in in his press conference. He packed a dip for the first time, and he was there was all the cameras around Claypool, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, I'm doing a celebratory dip." For the first time, he's like, get the light. He couldn't like see with the lights. He was like, oh, dizzy. oh my, he's having a good time. Real. So, <laughs> Tom or Sam, we're going to make that bet. And I'm going to make you guys do that on our next show. And see, oh, <laughs> see <no. how> <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, they're, they're wide receivers, dude. It, it seems like it changes. It's really hard to judge right now. Um, you know, listen again, a lot of guys on buys. So if you got to play some of these Steelers guys, go ahead, check it out, but tough to kind of trust them. Um, based off a consistency basis. Okay. A couple more left. Dak, Tom, coming back, right? Right thumb. Um, seems like he's fully back, right? I mean, we talked last show, but this is about the amount of time, right? This is about the expected recovery time. Yes, I'm I'm comfortable rolling out Dak in your lineups this week. I know I'll be starting him in one league. Actually just picked him up off the waivers this week. I was surprised to see him there. Uh, yeah, six weeks post-op. We know that the, the surgery is really, really stable. Uh, I'm not concerned at all for a re-injury. What we've talked about is the issue is, is he going to get the dexterity, the mobility in that, in that thumb back? And is he going to get the grip strength back? And he certainly has had enough time to be close to 100%. I, I very much doubt he's at 100% grip strength, but I think he's probably got enough that he can grip the ball when he's throwing it and and we know he's been throwing for a couple weeks now so clearly that can kind of trial like is he ready for for an nfl game fumbling it will be interesting to monitor will because obviously you need to grip the ball to not fumble also um, and you can't really test that quite as well in practice as you can with throwing but um, I have no issues starting him if if you're in need of a quarterback this week I'm with you wholeheartedly on that. If you have Dak, you play him, man. They are big favorites against the Lions at home, high over-under, high implied total. You got to roll with Dak. And I'm really interested to see if Dalton Schultz, I don't know what his deal is, if he's hurt, if he's alive, if Dak uh, resuscitates him, if that's even the right word. (laughs) Um, But I think he's a plug-and-play. I think it's a huge bump to Lamb, who's actually held his own without Dak in. And I think Gallup could be a sneaky play. Maybe not this week, but Dakleth definitely likes him. Okay. How about Rashad Bateman? Foot, limited Wednesday. What's our analysis, Sam? Yeah, so for for Bateman here, uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. So with his type of injury, usually the midfoot sprains is typically just a different word for a Frank injury. Uh, these injuries are often season-ending. So the fact that they did, haven't put on him on IR means they're not anticipating he needs surgery or anything like that. But the difficult thing, as we talked about last time, is like the, the mechanism of injuries usually when you land on your foot as it's kind of pointed towards the ground. So it makes it really difficult for receivers to jump up and catch the ball because every time they come down, it's a risk of re-injury, basically. So the good thing is he put in a limited practice today, which is his first limited practice thus far. Um, I definitely am not convinced that he's going to be ready to go for this week yet. And something that's kind of interesting to go along with that is that the team did sign Deshaun Jackson uh, to the practice squad, actually. So he's another guy that's got to join the Lat Murray retirement party. My God. (laughs) It's one of those things where like you probably are never going to start Deshaun Jackson, but you got to kind of follow the team as they're signing players or what they're thinking. Cause if they're signing another wide receiver, then there's gotta be something that they know that we don't know. Um, so that's, dude, that's an excellent point. Very, very, very true. Um, you can't play Jackson, but the, the one week you play against him somehow, he's going to have four catches for a buck 50, but <laughs> sorry, Sam, I'll let you finish there. Uh, you're good. So, I mean, all that said, we're just gonna have to keep an eye on him through the rest of the week. It's certainly promising that he put in some work today, but we'll have to see how he's, how he responds, how his foot does. 
and see if he actually is ready to go for this week. Joe, can I say something that's going to make you upset? Does it have to do with the Giants and a punt? No, uh, well, I, it, it didn't, but now you reminded okay, me. Okay, I'll of just that. dig my own hole. Go ahead. <laughs> what, what, uh, stage of our lives were we in when Deshaun Jackson entered the league? Stage of our lives? What, yeah. Probably high school, no? Yeah. We were in, I think, 11th or 12th grade when he entered the league. It's been a long time, man. Yeah. He's been in for a, I don't know. I just don't understand how he got. I guess he's still got some juice left in the tank, man. I don't know. Isn't um he's good for like a, one deep ball a year these days, right? And you're going to see it everywhere. Getting him more contracts. He's he's going to run along the goal line and make sure everybody knows it. Uh, but uh, we'll have to check that out. But again, Sam, I'll just stress again. I think you made a really good point when you see teams signing players. Maybe not a direct fantasy implication for the player they signed but for the guys that might be injured behind him, like a person like Bateman. So, all right, a couple more left here, boys. Uh, Marquise Brown, really unfortunate news with a foot. Um, I'm not sure, Tom, you could talk about the specifics of the foot, but looks like he's out at, I thought it was going to be IR. I saw a short, and then we saw it like year long, maybe a month. Uh, what are you thinking there? So I wrote a, a nice detailed article about him yesterday on the fantasyinjuryteam.com website. But basically, I... They're saying four to six weeks. I find it very hard to believe he'll be back on the shorter end of that. Um, I saw a report from, I think, Josina Anderson today that the fracture is to, quote, one of the arch bones, which most likely that gives us the first metatarsal, which is a big long bone, the medial cuneiform, which is a little bone, and then the navicular, which is another little bone. Um, An issue if it's, I don't know which one is broken. But if it's the navicular, you run the risk of it not healing well because it doesn't get a terrific blood supply. But if that was the case, I wouldn't think that the reports would be as optimistic as they are. So I I doubt that that's what it is. But regardless, all the bones of the arch, like we talked about last week when I was talking about, um, we were talking about, I think, Michael Thomas's turf toe injury. And I was explaining how those tendons are relevant to the foot function we talked about how the foot can almost like have the arch collapse and then reform depending on the the cycle of the the part of the gait cycle that the person is in so these three bones all need to be able to go undergo some degree of deformity throughout walking and running in order to allow the foot to function properly because of that, he's likely not going to be able to weight bear through his foot for at least four weeks, I would think. It, he's not going to go from not weight bearing to playing in a day. That's just not going to happen. If he's not weight bearing and he's probably going to be in a boot or a cast, he's going to atrophy, lose a lot of strength in his whole leg, not just his foot, but his whole leg because he's not weight bearing through it. And his, his midfoot where the fracture is, is going to get stiff when the, when he comes out of the boot and he can start weight bearing again, they can start working on all of those things, the weakness and the stiffness, but it's not going to fix overnight. It's going to take a few weeks of manual techniques, stretching and strengthening to really regain the motion. If he does fully regain the motion and he'll get the strength back. I'm not concerned about that at all. So with that, putting in that timeline, if he's non weight bearing for four weeks, he's not playing in four weeks. That's not happening. Six weeks is possible. Very doubtful that he's at 100%, though. He'll still probably have some stiffness and won't have all of his strength back 
at that point. So then we're looking at, see, that would be week, what, 13 if he comes back in six weeks and not likely to be 100%, probably on some kind of snap count limitation for at least another two weeks. So from a fantasy standpoint, we're really looking at week 15 as a realistic time for him to be at close to 100%. So you need to make the decision. Are you in a position where you could actually go trade for him? Because you think that you don't need him and you don't need whatever asset you would be trading for him in the interim because your team is that stacked? Or are you in a situation where you need a player to help you get to the playoffs so you can use him as a, as so, as a piece to trade in the short term? That's how fantasy players need to look at his situation now. He's not going to be back for a while. And when he's back, it's going to take him time to get back to 100%. Sounds like right in time for the fantasy playoffs, though. So that's a good point, man. You're, you're, you know, two and four, right? And you have him get off your team and get a guy that can help you right now. I mean, it sucks to trade a guy that's wide receiver five, but could be a good move in the long run. And I think, you know, I don't think their offense is going to, they haven't been good, right? They're two and four. Actually, more bad news is I'm worried, Tom, that if they're, I don't know, four and whatever, four and eight, and they kind of look at him and they're like, you know what, at this point with three games left, we might not even bring him back. I mean, that would be really unfortunate Very for possible. fantasy owners. Very possible. So that's something to look at. But in terms of fantasy implications, we'll talk a little later about Hopkins, but with Hopkins back, um, he'll remain outside and another guy with the retirement party, AJ Green, will also be outside. So that keeps Rondell Moore where he's really good in the slot. I see a huge bump to Rondell Moore. I like him a lot. He's explosive. He gets a ton of targets. They manifest touches for him. Um, so obviously Marquise Brown going down, but I think Rondell Moore, another possible trade target. Sam, Darren Waller, hamstring, tight end. It makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, a DNP. It seems like if you don't have Kelsey or if you don't have uh, Andrews, you're in big trouble, even if you did draft Waller. But what do we got with Waller's hamstring? All right. Uh, so for, for Waller, he hurt his hamstring back in week five. Um, it was at the very beginning of the game. He didn't play a whole lot that game. And then last week they had a bye week. So we don't have a ton of information on how he's doing. I think you said he was, they didn't, did not practice today. So that's definitely concerning. Um, we'll have a better idea tomorrow and Friday as to how he's looking for this week, but tight ends on average miss, 2.1 games based on our data. So you're probably looking at him missing at least one more week. The tough thing here is that he, we know he was dealing with hamstring injuries during training camp. So it's likely a re-aggravation of something that he was already dealing with. And anytime that happens, we don't, we don't love that, especially in these kind of relatively older individuals. Um, it's definitely going to take him a little bit longer to recover and get back to hundred percent. So, I mean, if they wanted to throw him out there, he likely could play, but I don't, I don't anticipate he would do super well. Um, so I, I wouldn't bank on having him for this week, but definitely you'll have to keep an eye on some of the practice reports this week and find out what they're thinking. Got it. Hamstring tricky. All right. That is all we have for you, Sam. Tom, we'll, we'll roll through these last couple uh, quickly here. Chris Olave, Mike Thomas, Olave off the injury report, MT and Landry also still limited. What is the deal there with the pass catchers in New Orleans? 
Olave, good to go. Start him with confidence because he's going to get a lot of balls his way because both Thomas and Landry have been ruled out for tomorrow night or for Thursday. Thomas is is very frustrating. Um, I declared him my league winner at the start of the season. That is not looking good. Although he could come back in the second half of the season. He's looked good when he played to, exactly. defend, to defend you, even though I don't like to always do that. He's looked phenomenal when he played. He's just been hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I explained turf toe in depth on last week's episode, so I'm not going to go into that too much. But it's just frustrating that it appears that the initial assessment of his injury was just not how it ended up being. It, it, and that happens sometimes. That's nobody's fault. Like you, sometimes you don't know how a player is going to respond to treatments and rest. But this was originally like he was close to playing in week four, which is the first game that he missed. So it's kind of kind of curious as to why he is missing so much time um, when they thought that he was going to play right away. Right. Agreed. And last injury was another unfortunate one, too. I think the theme of today's show is old people (laughs) and old, really experienced players. Randall Cobb. I mean, listen, the Packers have been a disaster in terms of their backfield or excuse me, in terms of their wide receivers. But looking at a right ankle sprain, he was it looked worse, man. He was crying going out. It looked I thought it was something that was like really devastating. But what are we looking at for Randall Cobb? It says two to four weeks with a right ankle sprain. What's our data say? What do you say, Tom? First off, let's remember that Randall Cobb's only a year older than us. Whenever you bring our age in, I feel terrible, but these guys are old, man. They've been in the league. He's probably been in the league since we were in high school, too. Uh, I don't know about that one. (laughs) Uh, It's a high ankle sprain, and that is when the, the tibia and the fibula are the two shin bones, and they meet and are placed right on top and kind of connect into a bone called the talus, which is part of the foot and they create the ankle. They're supposed to fit nice and snugly together when you have a high ankle sprain, particularly one that's more severe, which it seems like Cobb's was. The tibia and fibula kind of gap away from each other. Now you no longer have this nice little snug ankle. That makes it hard to really push off and change direction when running because you're not as stable now in that ankle. So with Mac Jones a a week or so ago, there was a report that his uh, ankle was still had some instability in it. That's exactly what they were talking about there. The tibia and the fibula bones are just not quite as congruent as they should be. What we see with wide receivers in this injury is the average missing 3.4 games. So that time frame that, that you said sounds right on track or right about the average. And they don't do so great when they come back uh, in the first game, at least 2.7 points per game below their pre-injury average with only 30% of receivers meeting or exceeding their pre-injury average in the first game back. He is one that, I mean, you can stash him on your IR if you want, but if you don't have room on your IR, just go ahead and drop him and, and have someone else take that spot. I feel like there's more implications elsewhere. And by the way, Tom, Randall Cobb's rookie year, 2011, just out of high school for us. We all graduated, what, 2010? Except hey. Sam. Sam graduated in like 2021 or something like that. <laughs> but uh, just to wrap up with the injury portion, I mean, for the Packers, I do not believe for a second that Rodgers will fall over and quit. Um, I know that sometimes he could be a crybaby and complain a lot, but I see that there's going to be some value in that offense. I don't know where it's going to come from. Listen, Robert Tunyon, I think he could be a phenomenal play going forward. We talked about how scarce tight end is. 
had a sneaky time. I mean, I really didn't even hear anything. Had 10 for 90 last week on 12 targets. I think Lazard will continue to eat. Listen, Dobbs is one of my guys. I'm kind of losing faith there a little bit, but he's still super talented. And the ball has to go somewhere. And last thing on that is I just, from the eye test, A.J. Dillon just looks inferior to Jones. Um, and that's unfortunate because Dillon's a guy that a lot of us pick third, fourth, fifth round, whenever. Um, but again, I see value. Don't be nervous about the Packers and, and their team going forward. I think you can find some needles in the haystack, I guess, so to say. Yeah, the interesting thing about Tunyon is I put out a tweet this week on how players coming off ACL are doing the first through the first third of the season. Tunyon is the only one that has that is his fantasy production has met his pre-injury fantasy production. The only one. Godwin is close, but not quite there. Nobody else coming off ACL is playing how they were before their injury. Sneaky play. Listen, even if your league mates see the 10 for 90, they might not be that impressed by it, but he played a really big role in their offense. And again, I think he will going forward. All right, a couple segments left. Let's go to our mailbag questions. So we have from Jonathan. What are, he asks, what are the implications of the Cam Akers situation and Kyron Williams? Um, so I'll just give my piece and then you guys can discuss. I don't know when Kyron comes back from the IR, but I saw that they want to give him Williams a, a really big role when he does come back. I do think it's a perfect time for the Rams to be on a bye. I think they need some work to three and three Henderson to me is startable, but didn't look like his, his self from last year. But guys, I don't know what to make of the Rams at all, except really for Cooper cup and maybe Tyler Higby, but how about their backfield? I mean, what do we think about it? A lot of hype around Kyron Williams. Uh, and I think that's fine. I think it should be met with some caution though, because he's already since being drafted in April, he's had a fractured foot and a severe high ankle sprain. Clearly, if he's been out since week one, it, it was pretty bad. And we, we know that these are two injuries that can lead to that chronic ankle stiffness that we talk all the time about. So I don't think that his, his game is going to be any worse because of these injuries, but it, it could, he could be one of these players that we just see getting hurt all the time, like an Elijah Mitchell, DeAndre Swift type. And we always need to be cautious with a rookie because we just don't know if they're actually good. Like they can be really great in, in college, but we just don't know if they're actually good until they are on the NFL field. That being said, he needs to be picked up in every league because if he gets a lot of work in a Sean McVay offense, that may not be what it usually is this year, but it, it's still a Sean McVay offense. And he could be a really valuable piece if he's getting... 15 touches a game. I think they figure it out coming off of this by three and three mediocre for them. That's not up to McVay's standards. I think they're going to figure it out for sure. All right. A uh, question from at 1912 fantasy a name. I haven't heard in a while, not the 1912 Odell Beckham. Um, what is the timetable we're looking at? Could we see him being picked up fantasy value at all? What do we got for Odell? All right. So for Odell, he tore, he retore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Um, I believe that was February 13th, he told me, Tom. And I just checked it out. He had surgery on the 22nd of February. So it's about nine, 10 days later. So good news is he didn't have to wait super long. And all of our data on the ACL page is based on when the player tore their ACL because we don't always know the exact surgical date. And that has a big kind of... Uh, 
implication on how long they need to recover before they can play. So based on our data, our average return to play after an ACL tear for wide receivers is 49 weeks. That being said, uh, that would mean he would be ready to return on January 22nd, um, which is pretty far away. Um, that's NFL playoffs, I think, right? That's not even right. That's deep. That's a deep, deep, deep time into the season. So, yeah, that's 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 a long time away. Now, we do have some instances where players have been able to return earlier. Uh, so like Cooper Cup, uh, Chris Godwin, those players all return in about 38 weeks. That would be November 6th. So obviously, that is much sooner than the middle of January. And it seems like teams are interested in him based on that kind of mid-November timeline. The tough thing here is that even if he does return in that amount of time, there's a very high risk that he will retear the same knee or the opposite knee again. And Tom knows all about this as well. But when a player returns around before that nine month time, the, the risk of re-injury is so high with ACLs that it's, it's pretty much not even worth playing. Um, just because there's, there's such a high risk. And with, with Odell himself, we already know that he's a hyper mobile type of individual. He's had multiple shoulder dislocations in the past He's already torn his ACL twice. So I would be super concerned about him having some sort of free injury here. Um, but that being said, obviously some team is going to be taking the risk and we'll see what he's got left. Well, the other thing to consider there is, is the stat that I was just talking about, like none of the receivers this season coming off ACL are playing as well as they have before uh, the ACL injury in their, in the first third of the season. So thinking if Beckham comes back week like 10, 11, 12, he's not going to be close to his 100% in those first four or five games playing, which is going to be the fantasy playoffs. Plus, he'll be joining a new team, learning a new offense, developing a rapport with a new quarterback. I'm not interested in him at all this year. I'm not either. I'm not going to be a guy that throws all my fab on him or a guy that rosters him right now. I mean, he could prove me wrong. Of course, anybody can, but... I'd rather have a, a high upside guy, someone, a rookie or backup run, something other than him to, to use on a valuable roster spot. Okay. Two questions left and we'll do start sits and then I'll wrap things up here. So Matt's asks about the saints and their naivety in handling the Winston injury. Tom, you talked a little more about this or, or earlier about this with Michael Thomas, but was it the wrong assessment on Winston's injury? He just wants you to kind of talk, I guess, about their, their mishandling, I guess, so to say of the injuries. Hard to know if it was mishandling or sometimes, you know, there's so much pressure for these guys to play as long as it's not an injury that could like lead to permanent injury or something like that. So we know that in, in the past, players like Derek Carr and Tony Romo have played through lumbar fractures. It's most likely, I, we know that those two guys, their fractures were transverse process fractures, which is a part of the spine that does not protect the spinal cord. I would expect that that's where Jameis's was as well. They never really told us, but it is possible to play with that type of injury. So that's probably why he was still out there instead of the medical staff being like, no, 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 you need to rest. So I, I don't know that they necessarily handled it wrong. I think they just, they assessed that there wasn't any 
like serious permanent risk to him playing. And because of that, like tough it out. Let's this the NFL. Let's go play. Yeah. And then they saw that he just was not playing well, like because of his injury, probably. So they're like, okay, let's shut you down. We have a backup quarterback who's won a lot of games in this league. Let's let him do his thing for a little bit. Um, so, I mean, but we don't know. We're not in the, the training room with them, but that's, that's kind of my takeaway on that. All right. Fair assessment there, Tom. Thank you for that as always. And last question is from our boy, Dan Vin. He's in our league. Vin is joining us now. Um, Dan wants to know about Hopkins and I'm sure a lot of people out there are asking about it and I'll talk. And then you guys can just tell me if you agree. I mean, if you agree, say so. If you disagree, of course, feel free, but Dan just wants to know if he's playable this week. Start sit. Um, I am absolutely all in on the yes, Dan. Uh, to me, man, especially with so many good players on a bye, it's an astounding yes. I think he's well-rested. I mean, he hasn't played in months, right? I mean, he's playing against the Saints, who are atrocious right now, 26th against wide receivers in terms of fantasy output. Um, he's moved past. We mentioned, I think, preseason about his MCL. He's moved past that in the offseason. Lattimore's out again. Um, and the last time that they played, um, the who are they playing again? I mentioned it, the Saints. The last time the Saints played, they got eaten alive. Chase, seven for 132 and two touchdowns. I'm not saying Hopkins is Chase, not by a long shot, but I think it's a, it's a smart play for you. Um, and I hate that your team is so good. <laughs> um, you guys agree with that? Play Hopkins this week? Absolutely. All right. I think I'm all in on that. Okay. All right, boys, uh, last segment, and then we got our trivia question, and that'll be it. I think it's my funnest segment, at least the one that I have the most fun with, even though sometimes I get beat up, sometimes I nail it, sometimes we don't. But I will start with my start of this week, and that is going to be wide receiver 49 on the year, Alec Pierce. His targets have gone consistently up uh, throughout the season so far. It started at two, five, six, and then back the last two games, nine and seven. Scored his first touchdown last week. He plays against the Titans, who, yeah, they're coming off a bye. But again, the last time the Titans played, they allowed Diami Brown to score twice and have 105 yards. Tom, your boy Terry McLaurin had 76 yards on him. Curtis had 62 yards. I think Vin Vento had 50 yards in that game. You name the person, they probably had 50 yards in that game, right? So Alec Pierce, of course, Pittman is a smash start. Um, I think they're going to have Roger McCreary on him, who I think is a little bit overrated, but still a good cornerback. He'll probably stick Pittman. I think it's a smash spot for Alec Pierce. I like him this week. I like trading for him. I think his value throughout the year is going to continue to skyrocket. My sit, and I'm wearing a Jets hat. Holy crap. How time, how things happen. Is every single pass catcher on the Jets. I think it seems basic and easy to say it, but again, we've mentioned the buys. People might be tempted to, to play Garrett Wilson, or even Corey Davis hasn't been bad this year, or test out Elijah Moore. I'm telling you, don't do it. I wouldn't even be shocked this week. I love Brees Hall. He's phenomenal. He's ridiculous. I wouldn't even be surprised if he struggles. I think that that football game, unfortunately, guys, is going to be one of the most miserable games. The over-under in that game is like 38. I mean, it's going to be one of those games. We watch how the Broncos play. Um, and I think the Broncos' defense is just a lot better than I thought. I mean, they're really good. I can go on Pat Sertain or Sertan, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, Baron Browning, DJ Jet. They're gross defense. So sorry, Vin. I think it could be a close game, but a boring game. So I am out on the Jets, except for Brees Hall this week, and I'm in on Alec Pierce. Who wants the stage, fellas? Let's let Vin go. 
Yeah, I can take it. Uh, hey, ben, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, nice, nice hat. Did you explain why you're wearing it to the listeners? I joined late. I did explain. I'm sweating. Yeah. My head hurts. I'll leave it on. <laughs> a bet's a bet, Ben. Yeah, you still got the edge of me all time, I think. But not this past away. week, though. <laughs> no. Not, not right. this past week. Um, for my start of the week, um, going with your Giants. Uh, I wrote about him a little bit today. Um, Wandale Robinson, rookie receiver from the Giants. Uh, he played Sunday for the first time since week one, and he only got 15 snaps, but he got a four target, four targets on those 15 snaps. So he got a snap, uh, excuse me, a target on 25% snaps, um, which is a ridiculous rate. Obviously not sustainable, but it's clear they want to get him the ball. Um, they want to get him involved as much as possible. So as they ease him back in, I think you can still start him. He obviously scored a touchdown, which helped uh, bolster his numbers. And he's playing the Jaguars this week, who uh, got torched by the Colts last week. Uh, Matt Ryan threw for four, almost 400 yards. So I think I don't think <laughs> Daniel Pittman, Jones Pittman had a million catches. And of course, right. you had him in the matchup. But yeah. yep, I don't think um, Daniel Jones is going to throw for 400 yards. You never know. But I think uh, there's plenty of uh, plenty of upside for Robinson this week. So I would definitely be starting him. I'm starting him in our main league, actually. A lot of buys this week. Um, well said. So I talk shit about your Jets and you talk positive about my Giants. That's how this works. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Sometimes you got to be the, the bigger person. I mean, all right, fine. Who are you sitting? Uh, my sit is, uh, my name is Jeff, Jeff Wilson uh, for the 49ers. We saw it last week. They got down big early. And if that happens, he gets taken out of the game because he's not involved in the passing game at all. Um, only eight catches this year. So um, I know he also fumbled earlier in the game, which put them on that negative game script and they're playing the chiefs this week off of a loss. So it's very possible. Once again, they find themselves in a negative game script and Jeff Wilson uh, won't do much in that situation. So sitting Jeff Wilson this week. Very well said, Vin. Good research, solid information there. All righty. Coming out of the bullpen. Coming out of the pen. Thanks for your relief uh, outing here. All right. As we wrap up here, Tom, Sam, what do you guys got? I'm going to go ahead and start Rondale Moore with uh, Marquise Brown out. Hopkins coming back from suspension. Like, I love Hopkins this week, uh, I, but there's, there's room for two. New Orleans pass defense is the 14th worst in the league. And in the past couple of weeks, Rondale Moore has been on the field for over 90% of snaps. So I think he's going to have a nice night. I'm sitting Jerry Judy because this Denver team is just atrocious. It's a mess. You know, I was in Denver last weekend. The city is wonderful, but their football team is awful. <laughs> uh, the quarterbacks hurt, two injuries now. And guess what? Jerry Judy has not caught more than four balls in a single game this season. And the Jets actually have a decent pass defense. So I'm, I'm completely out on Jerry Judy this week. It's going to be an ugly game. All right, Sam, finish us strong here. What do you got? All right, here we go. Uh, so for my start this week, I'm actually going to go with Justice Hill. We kind of talked about him a little bit earlier. He should be coming back from that hamstring injury. So assuming he, obviously, if he plays, that's step one. Um, if J.K. Dobbins is out, that's step two. And he's been doing really well when he does get the ball. He has 6.58 yards per carry. John Harbaugh seems to love the guy. He had the juice when he was playing. So I think this could be a real, real good game for him against the, the Cleveland Browns. Um, as for my sit, I'm actually right along your train there, Joe. So I'm going to sit Brees Hall this week. 
Oh, as you already, as you already mentioned, they're playing Denver. Ooh. Denver has been doing pretty well on defense. Uh, I just I don't think he's going to have it this week. Wow, sit Brees Hall, you're crazy. Surprise you with that so, one. Huh? Yeah, that is spicy as hell. It's hard to sit him, but maybe on that bold side. One of us got to get bold. One of us got to get crazy. Maybe it'll be Vin out of the bullpen next week. So, is that a, is that a Cheetos commercial with the, the bold? Be bold. Or, uh, is that Cheetos or is that someone else? Uh, something Lays? No, no. Uh, I think it it's something Cheetos. you could do on Microsoft Word. Bold. Um, That's true. Excel too. <laughs> Isn't Cheetos dangerously cheesy? Well, they're definitely that. I yeah. feel like they did something bold too in one of their commercials. No, Doritos? No. No, Cheetos. No, I I think Doritos is the bold thing. I, I don't know. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure this out. We, we, we need a producer the, to look this up for us. Yeah, yeah. Never. I was about to say, let's let's hire an intern to look that up. Uh please please DM us on Twitter uh, if you are interested in being our producer. Speaking of Twitter DMs, as we wrap up our show, guys, got our last uh part here. It's a trivia question for you guys. We thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and the content and, and gained some useful information, had a couple laughs with us, but here we go. So we had a question last week, a question this week. So once again, if you want to respond to it, just send us a direct message on Twitter. We're at fin- uh, fantasy, uh, or I'm sorry, we're at injury underscore fantasy. My apologies. And you can win a free signed and framed Austin Eckler jersey. So we're at injury underscore fantasy. And we're feeling real generous this week. If you get this question correct, we will give you two entries, two entries into the prize pool. Here's the question. Name the top two quarterbacks all time in total rushing yards. Once again, name the top two quarterbacks all time in total rushing yards. And I'm just going to give you a couple, one or two. Aaron Rodgers is 11 on this list. Surprising. Um, and number four I'll give you is actually Russell Wilson, which is, which is quite wild. Um, so you guys message us that. Get that over to us. But, boys, it was a pleasure. Great show, guys. I really appreciate it, boys. Um, any concluding concluding remarks here? Eagles six and zero got the bye this week, so that'll be another week that we're undefeated. All righty, and thank you guys at home. We appreciate you listening as always. We love, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for the support. Good luck this week in fantasy, and we'll see you next week, friends.